Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this is a bookend brought to you by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is best-selling author Julie Murphy. Her new book is Faith, Taking Flight, which is published by our friends at Balser and Bray in a joint venture with Valiant Comics. Julie, welcome to the program. Hey there, Jason. I'm so excited to be here. It is an honor to have you here. And first, Julie, let me ask, how are you doing? How's it been trying to market a new book in the shadow of COVID-19? You know, it's a <laughs> it's a really interesting time to be doing this. I think that um, all of us authors are stretching, stretching our uh, marketing muscles in ways that we never have before. Um, but also, it's, I don't know it's really weird to not be connecting with readers in the same way that I'm used to going out on the road. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I think I'll look back on this time and have a lot to say about it. But right now, as I'm like in the midst of it, it just feels a little bit off, a little bit different, but I'm just really thankful to honestly have a job. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. As I am Julie. And let's talk about faith. Valiant Comics, originally formed in the very early 90s, 1991, I believe, during a boom in the comic book industry when books like Spider-Man and X-Men were being rebooted at Marvel Comics and selling millions of copies. Valiant was started by former Marvel Comics editor-in-chief Jim Shooter, who had purchased the rights to an obscure older series called Solar Man of the Atom, in which a character debuted named Toyo Harada. Harada was responsible for forming the Harbinger Foundation, and in January 1992, Harbinger No. 1 was published to great acclaim, and it instantly became a sought-after collector's item, which it still is to this day. In Harbinger No. 1, we meet a young girl named Faith. Can you tell us, Julie, how much of the source material do you draw from? Are you a Harbinger fan? Yeah, you know, when I was first brought on to this project, I was very um, aware of, like, the faith, uh, I guess I should say, like, the rehashing of faith most recently, probably, I think that came out around, like, 2015, 2016, with Jody Hauser, so that was my connection to faith was the more relevant or the more recent material Mm -hmm. um i definitely worked very closely with the team of valiant in creating um sort of like a guideline of the source material we absolutely had to uh keep in mind as we were writing and i definitely i've read every single comic that faith appears in um but as i was writing i really only wanted that very specific we called it our bible really um that very specific timeline of her fictional life um because i still when i when i came onto this project i was such a huge fan of faith but as a writer and a creator i didn't want to do this project if i couldn't bring something new to faith um so i didn't want to rely too much on the faith that was and kind of kind of create my own spin and my own version of faith much in the same way that jody did with uh her most recent comics Absolutely, which you have done fantastically. Um, I do want to spin off of that question for a moment. Um, mm-hmm. The star of Harbinger, uh, your Bible for this book, as you say, is the, the central character is Peter Stanchek, who has the ability to activate dormant psyots, a power that sometimes works out and sometimes doesn't to extreme and sometimes fatal consequences. When Valiant was rebooted the second time around, as you're speaking of eight or so years ago, um, 
Harbinger became a popular series. Faith became a spin-off series. This time, instead of Peter Stanchek taking hold, as happened the first time, it was the character Faith. Why do you think Faith, the comic book character, captured the imagination of young readers this second time around? Um, you know, I, I you know, P- Peter definitely has his um, his diehard fans, but I think that Faith really resonates with. Um, fans and readers because I think that there's this there's this movement and thing happening where the people who we so for so long relegated to side and supporting characters are now getting a chance to be the leading roles and so Faith was created in the very beginning as a supporting character um, but she kind of like this newer younger generation was hungry and eager for different types of representation she really resonated with kind of reader um, my being one of them and so I think that we see that a lot in all kinds of fandoms and all kinds of pop culture um, we'll see readers and viewers really gravitating towards these side characters that are um, oftentimes diverse and sometimes queer um, and I think that all you have to do is take like one quick Google search of any kind of fan fiction to find that the, pe- the most often the characters that are being written about aren't necessarily these main characters there's the, there are these side characters that at times were just placed there for the sake of diversity um, but it seems that audience really resonate with those specific characters because they really find themselves in them and sometimes the storylines aren't there in a satisfying way and so I think that you know to go back to like my point of fandom I think that's why you'll oftentimes find that a lot of these side characters get a lot of love um, in the in the fanfic world absolutely thank you Julie and um comic books as a medium as we've been talking about are famous for rebooting the origin stories of their heroes over and over again what are the advantages and disadvantages of this type of cyclical storytelling and how does this model allow for a character like faith to cross over into other mediums such as your novel you know i think that the the greatest weakness to that and the greatest strength to that is in a way the same thing um it really depends on who's doing the rebooting, you know? It really depends on who's in charge of that because a reboot in the right hands can be this really exciting thing like we're seeing with Spider-Man and Miles Morales where you're getting like a whole new take on Spider-Man and suddenly Spider-Man is a much wider, more exciting world for so many more people um, because of the inclusion of, you know, different takes on Spider-Man or you can kind of, you know, just see someone doing the same thing over and over and over again and we're just getting like more of the same um so i think that um you know it's a little bit of both i think that it's really comes down to like i said who's in the driver's seat right yeah and um as an aside, Miles Morales is huge in my house. My son has watched that movie approximately 200,000 times, I think. I can <laughs> recite it from memory. I, I can't blame him. I'm a huge Miles Morales fan. Um, the movie is fantastic. Also, I was so shocked by how incredible and like really just wonderful the soundtrack for that movie is. It's just really great. Um, 
just all around really well done. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you, Julie. Um, speaking of crossing over into other mediums, uh, quickly, the Valiant Comics Universe recently released its first film, Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel as the uh, titular character. Initially, the plan was for the second Valiant Universe film to feature Harbinger. Are you familiar with any plans to bring Harbinger or Faith to TV or film? I am not personally, and actually I'm really disappointed because Bloodshot came out like just as soon as the pandemic hit, um, so I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet because it was out in theaters, and I'm actually not sure if it's been released to streaming just yet. I don't think it has, but I'm hoping to see that soon. Um, but originally, the buzz that I heard about Faith was because of this initial movie buzz. Like That's when I first learned about Faith, because when Bloodshot originally sold its film rights is when people started talking about Harbinger and oh my gosh did you know that there's a plus size superhero that's you know in Harbinger and so um you know it was because of that initial buzz that I was first exposed to Faith but I haven't heard anything anything new just yet I know that there's lots of um actresses who would just be vying for that role so Absolutely. Thank you, Julie. And I want to continue to speak about other mediums, but I want to do so by now diving into the details of your novel, Faith Taking Flight. At the opening of the novel, Faith is looking forward to the summer, which she imagines will be filled with snow cones and screenings of Battlestar Galactica. She loves TV... And at one point, she imagines her life as a television show. She runs a blog called Faithfully Yours about a television series called The Grove. Can you speak about the importance of television to Faith the character and to Faith the book? Yeah, I think that, you know, when I was younger, TV was really considered lowbrow. Like, it wasn't where people went for... Um, like the the media that would really feed them but I think that there's been a big a wave of change um, in recent years um, with just the quality of TV and just um, like the the different types of things you can find I think that um, as far as like television goes that's I think TV is like or as far as like Hollywood goes I think that TV is like the first frontier uh, as far as like people really making waves with um, diversity and inclusion and things like that so I think that um, finding things that you're excited about is a little easier in TV than it is in you know movies or things like that Um, so I think that you know, I, I really, I think that Faith really dug into this TV show because it's something that her parents loved, and that was something that really stuck with her because of her parents. So I think that it was sort of like a passing of the torch. You know, Faith really has that um, sort of stereotypical beginning in that both of her parents died and she's left being shipped off to her grandmother's house. So that was one way that she could, you know keep them in her life in a way absolutely thank you so much julie listeners we're going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor and then i will be right back with julie murphy the Book and Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. 
you know the name, but you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of Bookin' can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin, B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Julie Murphy, author of Faith, Taking Flight, published by her friends at Balser and Bray in conjunction with the wonderful people at Valiant Comics. Uh, Julie, let's continue um, what we were speaking about before the break. Faith's parents died in a car crash when she was a very young girl, and her parents loved attending conventions and took Faith with them whenever they were able. Can you talk about how both the death of Faith's parents and their love for convention culture shaped Faith's life yeah um, one of the things I loved about Faith and got me really excited about writing her was the relationship that she had with her parents and I kind of wanted to delve into the idea of this girl who was going to conventions from a very young age I know that every time I go to Comic Con or some kind of convention there's always like a couple of small families who have dressed up their baby to be like the third party of their costume or something like that and I just wondered what happens when that kid grows up like what happens when that kid grows up and they get to develop their own love for their own fandom um and especially when that fandom can be the only link that they share with their parents. Um, Faith's parents being dead, that was like a non-negotiable thing with the Valiant universe, obviously, was actually a really hard thing for me to tackle because one of my favorite things to write when I'm writing is parents. So I was really lucky that I could delve really uh, deeply into her grandma Lou, which is her parental figure in the books, um, and really... Uh, see what their relationship might be like and um, what connections they might have and how they kind of also mourn together a little bit still over the death of, you know, Faith's parents and, um, you know, Grandma Lou's, you know, kid. Uh, So, yeah, I think that I think that fandom is deeply important to Faith. Another thing that I really loved about working on Faith is that Every other character in the Harbinger universe does not have a secret identity. Peter Stanchek is just Peter Stanchek. That's who he is. That's a superhero identity. That's his in-person identity. That's just him. When Faith finds out, um, you know, that she's a superhero, she has to, like, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but the cover kind of does in a way. Like, she she wants to don a costume. Like, she wants to, like, live that superhero moment fully. In a way, the superhero costume that she kind of, like, um, you know, slaps together in her closet is sort of like an armor to her. It's like it's like the defense. Like I'm I'm not ready to go out and be this superhero. Um, I'm not ready for that moment. But maybe if I wear this costume and maybe if I have this identity, maybe I'll be ready for that moment. Um, so I really love that about Faith. And you know, later on in the comics as an adult, I do love that she has like this like uh, daytime identity at working at like a BuzzFeed type of place, and then at night she's the superhero that we all love and adore. So, um, you know, fandom is deeply ingrained in Faith. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm now going to ask a question that you would likely hear at Comic-Con or one of these other conventions <laughs> that Faith's parents enjoyed attending, and I will try to avoid tying my brain into a knot as I'm asking it. There is a scene in your novel where Faith describes a situation as reminding her of Spider-Man and Mary Jane's upside-down kiss in the rain. And I understand the crossing over of TV shows like Battlestar Galactica into the comics realm and into novels, uh, but is it problematic or no to cross one comic universe, in this case the Marvel Comics 616 universe, into another company's comic universe, that being Faith's Valiant Comics universe? I don't think so. I think that if I'm going to be true to faith, I have to acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, fans, real fans don't look at, don't, don't choose who their fandoms are based on, you know, what company publishes whatever comic book or anything like that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think that like, that's, that's like asking an author, like, you know, if, why would you reference an Emily Dickinson book in, in your book when it's, you know, published by so-and-so or something like that? I think that um, we're all fans, you know, we're all readers. And so for me to really do faith justice, it doesn't seem like that would be something that I would be too concerned with. Um, and, you know, on top of that, the Spider-Man upside-down kiss moment is like an iconic moment. You know, I couldn't, I don't, I don't think that... Uh, I hope that no one had any problems with me referencing it. I'm sure they didn't. Thank you so much, Julie. Um, I would now like to talk about the concept of fame, especially as it pertains to the age of social media. Uh, on the one hand, Faith leaves the superhero group that she has formed with Peter Stanchek, partially in the interest of leading a quote-unquote normal life. But on the other hand, she runs a blog about a television series that has over 90,000 followers. Can you talk about the concepts of fame and normal that Faith is grasping with and how these concepts affect her story? Yeah, gladly. I think that um, for Faith, the the difference between being a superhero and like part of like the renegades with Peter Stanchek is uh, not like her reasoning for um, not immediately joining him is not tied to fame, I don't necessarily think. I think that it has a lot more to do with the fact that she's in 11th grade and she still has like a whole year of school left and she doesn't know who this person is. Um, she, she has, she's had this very, um, traumatic experience that he's tied to, um, without giving too much away. Um, so I think that, um, her reasoning for not wanting to run away with him or not being like so concerned when he encourages her to go home, um, is not necessarily, tied to that but I do think that um, like Faith's feelings about her uh, her blog and things like that and whatever like following she has from that um, I think that she's comfortable with being in that kind of spotlight because she can very easily deflect by being by saying well it's not about me it's about the TV show people are excited about the TV show and that's why they're excited about my blog they're not necessarily excited about me but when you're a superhero and you can fly, um, it, it is about you. When people are devoted to you, it is about you and what you can do for them. It's not about you and, you know, a sort of like third party that you both have in common that you're excited about. So, yeah. 
Excellent. And speaking of um, fame and being in the spotlight, in this novel, Faith Taking Flight, there's the character Dakota Ash. Dakota Ash is the star of the television series, The Grove, and is someone Faith has romanticized to the point of having a poster of Dakota and her castmates on her ceiling, a fact that Faith's grandmother reveals to uh, Dakota to face embarrassment. Can you talk about the teenage romanticization of stars and the revelation that some of us come to when we meet these stars and discover that they are real people just like everyone else? Yeah, you know, I think for a lot of us as teenagers, um, whatever famous person was like it at the moment was really our first love. It's really our first our first dance with like a real, really intense crush. And I think what's so great about those crushes is that you don't often have to meet them. And so your your love, your intense passion for them can be a little bit more involved than it can be if you were to actually have this person, you know, in your in your lunchroom every day at school. So for Faith to actually be able to meet this kind of person that she has like this very intense connection to without ever having actually known this person um is really kind of like a shock to the system in a way there are a lot of moments in the book when faith has to realize that that dakota is a real person dakota has as much like trauma and um like problematic past and as much as many flaws as as the rest of us um so i you know i think that uh actually um spending time on the set of dumpling um when you know we were working on that film um really helped me kind of hone what i was trying to say with dakota and really helped me shed a light on that i guess in a way um there were a lot of people that i got to meet on the set of that film that i have loved and have idolized for so so long Mm -hmm. and i met them and spent time with them and i was so amazed by them but i also like had this moment of realization when you know they're a real person and they have to like you know take phone calls from family they have to blow their nose they have to do all these very human things um that the rest of us have to do so yeah yeah i really really enjoyed kind of delving that would go excellent it sounds like a fantastic experience thank you julie and finally because we are a podcast that lives in a bookstore i have to ask there is a moment when faith is remembering her parents and she is bothered by the fact that they never got to get some answers quote like a book series they would never finish end quote are there any specific book series that you were imagining when you wrote this line Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the last series that it was like, if I die before this book comes out, I'm going to have, like, I'll, I'll never forgive myself, like, for the rest of my eternity, um, was probably Holly Black's most recent, uh, like, Faye series. I can't, is it Queen of the Air series, I think, like that? Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Um, that was the last series where I was, like, absolutely rabid um for for the book and what the third book might hold uh but i think that all the time about my favorite tv shows um my favorite books if i if i don't have a chance to find out what happens in the end um 
one one reason that I really included that is a really good friend of mine. Um, her mother was the reason that she was exposed to Star Wars, and they had a deep love of Star Wars, and it was something they really bonded over and had connected over for my friend's entire life. And her mother sadly passed away before the last uh, Star Wars movie came out. And so she didn't get to see that ninth movie. She didn't get to find out what happened in the end. Um, and it was a really difficult thing for my friend to go see that movie without her mother there. Um, I know it sounds trivial, but these things are part of our society. They're ingrained in us. They really, they really mean a lot to us. So, yeah. Absolutely not trivial at all. Thank you so much, Julie. And thank you for writing this book. This is the first book of two. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Well, I cannot wait for the next one. Listeners, <laughs> I have been speaking with Julie Murphy, author of Faith Taking Flight, published by our friends at Balser and Bray, in conjunction with the good people at Valiant Comics. Julie, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great Once again, I would like to thank Julie Murphy for joining me. Copies of Faith Taking Flight can be ordered from www.coilridgebooks.com with free shipping. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Libro.fm Audiobooks. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN. That's B-O-O-K-I-N in the promo code space to get one month of free audiobooks and support your favorite local independent bookstore in the process my name is jason jeffries and this has been booking
Jason, thank you so much for having me on the show, and thank you to Quail Rich Books for, for having this podcast. I think it's a great resource, and it's certainly swell to have um, during the summer of 2020.